Hey guys, this podcast is brought to you by To Be Praised, an online community dedicated to the spiritual and leadership development of women. To find out more about To Be Praised, go to www.tobepraised.com. If you missed the first podcast, don't worry about it. It's on the homepage. Click it, listen to it, send it to a friend. I'm your host, Erica Kimberly. If you want to connect with me, you can find me on most social media sites using the handle at Erica underscore Kimberly. Erica is spelled E-R-I-K-A. If you put a C in there, I'm not responsible for whoever you connect with, okay? Because it's not going to be me. So E-R-I-K-A underscore Kimberly if you want to connect with me. Uh, Our topic for today is what's getting in your way. What is getting in your way? So I recently started a doctorate program. Some of you who are listening may know that. It has been quite interesting, to say the very least. Stressful, um, frustrating, all that. Like I could literally go on and on. But the thing that keeps coming back to my mind is think of the long-term goal, Erica. This is not forever. This is a moment. These are small classes that will get you to your ultimate goal. Uh, In our first essay that we had to write, we were asked to think about what God has asked us to do. So this is a Christian school and their whole premise is we believe that leadership um, in some ways starts with God and the call that he has on your life for any particular area. So we had to kind of identify what we believed we should be doing in life and then talk about some of the barriers to accomplishing that. So this podcast is really a byproduct of much larger questions that I've already asked myself. My goal is to give you guys just the honest and raw truth. It's 2017 and so I just want people to be under no illusion like life is hard getting a goal accomplished is hard somebody has to keep it 100 hopefully that person will always be me because I have had so many people who like sugarcoat things or they throw a filter on life and they make it seem like everything is easy and it's not like if you're trying to accomplish any goal whether it's losing weight starting school finishing school learning a craft managing people getting married staying married the legit reality is it's hard work So I have identified three different areas that I believe most people struggle with in terms of accomplishing anything. The first one is fear. The second one is self-doubt. And the third one is just wanting to know all the facts, not being able to trust the process. So these three buckets um, are, are three things that I personally, over like the lifetime that I've had so far, I've struggled with at some point or another. And I've also done a lot of research, and most people definitely struggle with fear and self-doubt. I added um, trusting the process or lack of faith because I think all of us tend to want to know more than life actually provides. And so if that is you, hopefully that part of the podcast will speak volumes because you may not have a fear right now, you may not be doubting yourself, but if you're sitting around wanting to know all the facts and not actually working towards your goals with what you know, you could be hindering your own progress. So let's start with fear. Um, Fear is major, right? I think that most people in life struggle with the concept of being courageous. We are very, very frail as human beings. We don't know the future. We know that we're not all powerful. We bleed, we break, we make mistakes. And a lot of times, if we've made some type of mistake before, we approach the new goal, the new situation, the new relationship with our last mistake in mind. Meaning, we don't give ourselves a clean slate. And the older that I have 
kind of become, maybe more mature is the right word, um, I realized that every situation is different. I can take the lessons that I've learned and apply them to a new situation, but I can't lead with my fear of making the same mistakes. I have to just lead with the lessons learned. And this is something that I also learned as an educator. Like some students will come to me and they are fearful because they know they're not really strong in writing. But if they lead in with that, they tend to be more unsuccessful. But if they lead in with the lessons that they learned, meaning, well, maybe I can work on articulating myself better, I can work on my work cited page, they tend to do better because they're looking at areas of opportunity. So in Joshua chapter 1, 7, 9, um, there's two scriptures that I tell myself all the time. I've literally had to highlight them, underline them in every Bible that I have, and even on my Bible app, because it says, only be strong and very courageous. Now, let's just stop right there, because God is not giving us an option. He's telling us, only be strong and very courageous. Fear is the opposite of courage. So when you look at your goals and you look at something that you want to accomplish, it is going to seem huge. It is going to seem seemingly impossible. But off the rip, you have to be strong and courageous. Strong because there's challenges and difficulties involved and courageous because it's going to take heart to do what you want to do. And honestly, something that's really, really bothering me lately is uh, just talking to people and I hear them talking about their goals and I'm just looking across the table like this person is trying to do this without heart. There's nothing in life that you can do without bringing your heart to it. You won't be successful. It's going to require all of who you are. Now, most people have had their heart broken. So they try to find ways to keep their heart out of the process. God doesn't work that way. He wants all of you front and center to do whatever job he has asked you to do. And when you don't do that, when you don't bring your heart to it, really you're you're limiting your own success because from your heart comes life, compassion. Um, from your heart comes caring. It comes forgiveness. There's so many aspects of leadership and success that you need and it really stems from the most sensitive frail part of who you are so I believe that's why God is telling us to be strong and courageous because when you have courage you have more heart the other thing that it says is have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage do not be afraid nor be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go now it's important for us to really have a concept of uh, what fear does to people. First and foremost, fear hinders us from accomplishing our goals. It hinders us from accomplishing any task. What's really interesting to me in this scripture is that God is commanding us to be courageous. So if you think that you can get out of it, sorry, <laughs> like you can't. God is expecting you to be courageous and he's expecting you to be obedient in what he's asking you to do. Uh, a couple years ago, I was working in a place that required me to be a little more social than I like to be. And I claim that I'm an introvert, even though people don't believe it. Like a lot of y'all are probably rolling your eyes, but like legit, I believe I'm an introvert. I'm cool with just small group of people in small settings. And I think because of that, God is always pushing me front and center. There's always microphones. There's always cameras. Uh, there's always large crowds because he's trying to create in me a new person. 
that can accomplish the task that he has given me. So when I was working at this job, I was so stressed because I did not want to be courageous. And I had to finally and painfully submit to the process because without courage, I was not going to accomplish anything. So when you look at your fear as a barrier to success, look at it from the vantage point of like Mount Everest. You have got to overcome that thing in order to get to the other side of what you really need to be doing. So I don't know if you are afraid of making mistakes. I don't know if you're afraid of the people you're around, if you're afraid of just being unsuccessful, but you really have to get over it. And I know that sounds kind of harsh, but it's just, it's true. We are living in a world where people are too comfortable and they are too scared to step out of their comfort zone and move to like an uncharted space. Life is not about what you know, right? Like sometimes what you know isn't good enough. Sometimes what you've always done isn't good enough. Doing what you always do will get you what you've always gotten. And I'm speaking to myself too, like some areas of my life, I need to do the direct opposite of what I'm currently doing. And I can't be afraid to get uncomfortable and to get messy. Um, I recently found a link to a book that I think all of you should read. It's called The War of Art. The War of Art. Now, I read this book a couple years ago. It was a recommendation from somebody who um, I really viewed as, like, courageous. Like, they were just always doing wild stuff. And so this person recommended this book to me. And at the time, I was really, really depressed. And it was just perfect. It was exactly what I needed to read. So I recently found the PDF online, and I was going back over some of the chapters that I found useful. So if you guys just Google the war of art, you'll absolutely find a PDF and you should read it. Um, the whole premise of the book though is defeating resistance. So the author of the book is essentially saying there are forces, um, people, perspectives, mindsets that get in the way of us actually accomplishing our goals and so we all universally desire to defeat this concept of resistance so the war of art identifies this as our enemy and it just gives us tools and resources and outlines a strategy to conquer the inner foe enemy person who's against us uh two points from this book though that i found super 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 helpful when i cried my first week of school one resistance is internal Two, resistance is fueled by fear. So this book identifies resistance as like any force that comes against you and it elicits uh, itself in some of these areas. And this may be true for you and I'd love for people to kind of give feedback. One, anything artistic, writing, painting, music, photography. Uh, another area where resistance will manifest itself is when you're trying to pursue a diet or health regimen. Yes, y'all, cupcakes are resistance. Pancakes, resistance. <laughs> Another thing, uh, when you're trying to spiritually advance, how many people can relate to that? Like you pray to God and you're like, listen, I want to be faithful. I want to read my Bible. I want to go to church. And then all of a sudden, there are things that happen to keep you from being committed to that, whether it's friends, family, uh, somebody that you're dating wants you to start doing things on Sunday. Your job requires you to church hop so you can't really put your roots in one congregation and stay faithful, all that. Another thing is education, which clearly I'm facing resistance there. Um, 
any political or moral or ethical initiative? How many times have you decided to do something for people in your community and then there's resistance to actually accomplishing that task? Um, another thing that can give resistance is just like, just like taking and bringing people to the next game and facing adversity. Like anytime, anytime you want to do something positive, there will be a negative force to push the machines. So resistance then, can be defined in multiple ways. Two things, though, that I think is interesting. One, resistance is internal, meaning it's inside of you. Resistance seems to come from outside of ourselves, the book says, but we locate it in spouses, jobs, bosses, kids. Peripheral opponents, as Pat Riley used to say, you know Pat Riley's the coach of the LA Lakers, Resistance is not a peripheral opponent. Resistance arises from within. It is self-generated and self-perpetuated. Resistance is the enemy within. Let me tell you guys, like, if you could bold something in your life, that concept needs to be bolded, italicized, underlined, and, like, really brought to the forefront of your mind. Because a lot of times you think it's outside of you, it's inside of you. Fear starts within. Fear starts with who you are and how you view yourself, but also how you view your surroundings. So I found that to be super, super interesting. Another thing that the book, book says is that resistance has no strength of its own. Every ounce of juice it possesses comes from us. We feed it with power by our fear of it. Master that fear and we conquer resistance. I thought that was so interesting because a lot of people live their life fearing things, not realizing that they have power power to overcome. The Bible tells us we are more than conquerors. And I feel like right now there's just a lot of people with their heads hanging low, afraid to take the power back. If you've given your power to fear, you have to take that power back. And you really need to become self-aware, as I did in, in various areas of my life, and commit to overcoming whatever makes me fearful. Like, analyze yourself become self-aware, make a list and say, okay, what makes me afraid of commitment? What makes me afraid of having a healthy relationship? What makes me afraid of committing to ministry? What makes me afraid of starting school again? What makes me afraid of uh, buying a new house? Like identify whatever those things are and then create healthy strategies around not only acknowledging the fear, but overcoming it. And we'll talk about that in, in a little while. Um, another thing that is a barrier to your success. Another thing that's getting in the way of your success is self-doubt, period. You don't see yourself properly. I don't see myself properly. I recently had someone text me some wild encouragement, and I don't think that they thought it was wild, um, but the things that they said about me was just so crazy because I did not see myself that way. I don't see myself that way. And it was proof that we doubt ourselves entirely too much. There's this one character in the Bible, you might know him, his name is Moses, and I love Moses, first of all. I love him for many reasons, but mainly because when God gives him this huge task, God is like, Moses, I'm going to send you into Egypt, you know, you used to live there, and you ran away, but I got to send you back over there to free the people. Moses essentially claps back at God, and he's like, wait, I need some facts, first of all, because you're talking fast. Two, why are you asking me to do this? There are other people. Who should I say sent me? Because you haven't even told me what your name is. 
Uh, what if they don't accept me? Remember, like, I killed somebody over there. Pharaoh may be a little salty still and uh, have a speech problem. So clearly you picked the wrong person. And I feel like if I had to be a Bible character, like low-key, me and Moses probably would have shared the same space or I would have been Moses myself. Because anytime I've had, like, a massive, massive idea or someone has given me a massive project, probably 99% of Moses' excuses are my excuses. I'm always like, wait a minute, hold up, flag on the play. Um, I'm not the right person for the job. I'm shy, so y'all should just find somebody who likes to be chatty patty because that's not me. Or I'm like, well, wait a second, I need all the details. How am I supposed to go back and help people when I don't even have all the equipment? Like, I will just find excuses. And what I love about this story is that for every single excuse, God is like, uh, no, no, no. But it was the last thing that Moses said that angered God. And that's, well, every time I read this story, I'm like, that's the thing that I can never do. Because the last um, excuse that Moses gave God was, um, I'm slow of speech and slow of tongue. And then God says to him, who has made man's mouth? Or who makes the mute, the deaf, and the seeing, or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Therefore go, and I will be with your mouth and teach you what to say. And then Moses says, oh, my Lord, please send by the hand of whomever else you may send. And then the Bible says the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And let me tell you all something. Every time I get to the point of doubting my abilities, I kid you not, I have had to go back and read this because it angers God when we see ourselves as deficient. It angers God when you see yourself as incapable of doing whatever he asked you to do because God made you exactly the way that you are. And I know when you look in the mirror, you see flaws. When God looks at you, he sees a person suitable for the job. And I think this world would be a much more productive, more loving place if we would stop seeing ourselves as insufficient. If you would just look at yourself and say, right now, in my life, I have exactly what I need financially, mentally, and spiritually to start on this task. God didn't tell Moses he had everything in that moment because there were other things he was going to give him, like a staff, um, his brother Aaron, um, a bunch of miracles. There were other things that God was going to give him. But the point is, at the beginning, God said, you got it, bro. Like, go ahead, do your thing. And a lot of us struggle with self-doubt because we see ourselves poorly we see ourselves as too big uh too poor too broke now I don't know enough people um I live here or I live there or you know what like I don't come from a, a good family structure so I can't do that I lost a parent so clearly I'm not suitable for healthy relationships or you're looking at your friends and you say well you know they're married so they can do that I'm not it's going to take me twice as long because I don't have additional income whatever your excuse is God is past that and I really believe that the barrier to us being successful, what's getting in your way right now, outside of fear, is your self-doubt. If you doubt yourself, you are literally like a hamster on a wheel. You're putting forth all this energy and effort, but you're not going anywhere because your doubt keeps you in a cycle. You're just pushing, 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 pushing. But for every effort to get ahead, you literally get nowhere because self-doubt is not productive. There's no way that you can accomplish anything if you doubt yourself. 
And, you know, the reality is with God, you'll just never lose. So if you're doubting yourself, you're doubting God. And that's a problem, which is why God's anger um, burned against Moses. Uh, our last kind of point in this whole thing is just a lack of faith and a lack of trust in the process. If you want to know what's getting in your way, start with your belief system. Do you believe that you have what it takes right now? And do you believe that the beginning is where you can start? A lot of people, me <laughs> and other people, are obsessed with planning. I love markers, highlighters, pens, pencils, planners, notebooks, binders, clipboards. Like, I go in. And God has pushed me, I would say in the last two years maybe, to really plan less. He put me in work situations where I could not plan. He put me in life situations where I could not plan. Like, I literally had to go sometimes week to week, um, other times month to month, other times like maybe six months at a time I knew what was up. And then after that, I was just like, Ugh, I don't have any other backup plan. Like God did a huge, huge, huge work in my life by forcing me to get uncomfortable. And that's when it clicked in my mind. I have to trust the process. I cannot always plan for everything. You can't plan when you're going to fall in love with somebody. You can't plan when you're going to uh, move. Like you may get laid off tomorrow and then your plans for buying a house fall through and you have to plan to do something else. Like life is about a process. And what I've learned is I have to trust God and then I trust myself. So the things around me are always changing. But God and me, we're constant. Like God is always going to be there and I'm always going to be here as long as he allows me to be here. Therefore, I cannot over plan anything that's external to me. I have to work with what's within. Uh, Hebrews chapter 11, one famous verse, one of my favorites, for faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And also in Hebrews chapter 10, 38, it says, but my righteous shall live by faith. I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. I'm going to read that one again. But my righteous one will live by faith, and I take no pleasure in the one who shrinks back. When it comes to faith, um, I think most people kind of falter in this area of life simply because we are unable to grasp really the, the depth that God has called all of us to live. I think many people live very shallow lives. If that offends you, um, I'm not sorry because I honestly feel like there are times where I live a very shallow life and that's when God pushes me to do more, to be more, and to dig deeper. And when he does that, faith is always involved because faith is the substance of things hoped for. Sometimes you have to get to the point in your life where there are no plans. There's just like moving blindly. Or maybe, you know, I'm thinking about when I started researching school. Like, I didn't know where I was going to go. I didn't know how I would pay for it. I don't know what the next 30 years of my life is going to look like. I don't know uh, in 10 years what kind of job I'm going to have. But God says the righteous one shall live by faith. So I have to have faith that if the door opened, there's a process there that God is going to walk me through. I have to trust him, trust the process, trust myself. And if he doesn't take any pleasure in people who shrink back, I can't back down. Like, I can't halfway start and then quit because God is not a quitter. And when you look at what's getting in your way, if you're honest with yourself, you are not trusting the process. You want all the facts. 
you want all the facts up front so you know what to do, how to do it, and when to do it. And life doesn't work that way. And God is going to send you a couple monkey wrenches along the way just to keep things interesting. Trust me, because he does it to me all the time. He's going to allow you to interact with somebody and you're like, dang, like this personality is throwing me for a loop. I've never dealt with somebody like this. I've never dealt with a coworker like this, a boss like this, because he's pushing us and he wants us to get outside of our mental and emotional comfort zone to do something different. And in order to actually accomplish that, you have to have faith in the process. Um, it's not easy, but it's absolutely necessary. It's absolutely necessary for us to submit to the process, even when it's difficult, because it will be. Nothing in life is easy. But for every difficulty and challenge, there's a blessing and there's a reward. So I say commit to the beginning. Like be honest with yourself and be honest with the people around you. Beginnings are messy. They're confusing. The beginning is where most people quit. If you can get past the first four to six months on a job and in a relationship or at a church, you're doing pretty good because most people quit right at that moment. They're like, oh no, this is too much. I saw a, a, an ugly side of their personality. I don't want anything to do with them. Or maybe you're thinking, oh my gosh, what did I get into with this job? They require once a month overtime. I got to quit. This is too much. Quitting is not healthy because you never strengthen yourself. You never learn how to be a stronger person if you quit. And in the beginning is when most people want to quit. I've been practicing uh, running for quite some time now. And I say practicing because I truly believe that there's an art to, to running. There's a technique and there's a strategy. And I learned that if I could get through the first 15 minutes, I could run for 35 to 40 minutes. The first 15 minutes were the hardest, simply because that's when my body was telling me, girl, get up off this machine. My legs were tired. Um, just stupid stuff started happening. I'm like, oh my gosh, like my back feels weird. Or, oh, my, the arch on my right foot feels strange. All of that is resistance. All of that is your mind not being able to break through what your body is telling you. So I had to conquer the beginning. The first 15 minutes were the beginning of my run. It was not where I would end. And I had to commit myself to that. A lot of you are quitting in the beginning because you don't see results fast enough. But results come to people who persevere. Results come to people who keep going. Now, if you have commitment issues, yeah, like you're never going to get anywhere. Because at the end of the day, committing to the end starts in the beginning. I'm going to say that one more time. Committing to the end starts at the beginning. Literally, when I signed up for my classes and I got accepted and I paid for my first classes, they sent me a form that says, like, are you committing to this degree? And I had to sign it and send it back to the school. I committed in the beginning to a three to five year process. A lot of times people who are, you know, in relationships will tell you, like, I had to decide to commit to this person. That means that five years down the road, you don't know what they're going to do. The point is you're committing right now. And so the beginning is where you can quit or commit. Decide for yourself. And you have to decide like right now. As I'm talking, think about something in your life and say, you know what? I have to commit or quit. Now, when you commit, <laughs> good stuff can happen. Challenges will arise, but you keep going. If you quit, you quit a situation simply because it's hard or simply because you don't feel like you're ready. Know this. You are cheating yourself 
and you are cheating God out of greatness because when God brings great things to you, it is to grow you, but it's also to allow the goodness of that situation to bless people around you. So all this starts with self-awareness. Um, four quick tips that I think people can, can try to work on after this podcast. One, get an accountability partner. Have weekly check-ins about your goals. Uh, if you have a, like a goal to lose weight or to eat healthier, get an accountability partner. My personal trainer was amazing because he would always check in and ask me, like, okay, what are you doing about this? You want to get stronger shoulders? What are you doing about that? And the goals that we set were super helpful. And it wasn't always about the number on the scale. It was just about me setting goals to strengthen my muscles. So I can leg press well over 230 pounds right now because I started with small goals and I committed myself to checking in with somebody who held me accountable. Um, that leads me to point number two, begin to remove negative people from your life. Negative people. They may be people you are dating, you're friends with, you've worked with. Um, they may be people that you've known for years. They may be people that you share childhood memories with, but negative people will hinder you from growing. And a lot of us attract people who are like us, sad to say, like goes for like. So we dismiss the people that challenge us and go for the people who feel comfortable. Remove negative people from your life. Just tell them, you know what, I'm going to take a little hiatus and give yourself time to think about it and give yourself time to assess that relationship to really determine if they're helping you meet your goals because negative energy will get in the way of you accomplishing anything. So get an accountability partner, someone who's going to be positive. Begin to remove negative people from your life. Thirdly, use quotes, scriptures, motivational videos, podcasts like this, just so that you can stay inspired. Like, you are not always on. I am not always on. Um, I'm about to go to the gym after this. And to be very honest with you, I just want to watch a movie. Like, I don't want to go to the gym. Don't feel like sweating. Don't feel like doing any of that. But I have motivation and an inspiration all around me. On my phone, computer, planners, just everywhere. So find phrases that work for you. Find uh, quotes that work for you, scriptures that encourage you, place them everywhere, like your desk, your car, like I said, your phone, like your lock screen or whatever. Just do what you have to do to encourage yourself because some days are hard and you will have an off day. You may have an off week, but when you see that motivation around you, you're more likely to keep pushing forward and not allow those feelings to get in your way because feelings are not facts. Feelings are not facts. Push past the feelings, do what you got to do. Um, and lastly, make smaller goals. That's what life is about. If you have a huge goal to, um, I don't know, to do something professionally, make smaller goals. What do you need to do to get there? I'm all about the one-month, three-month, six-month plan, one-year plan. Break it down. Like, do you need to take a class? Do you need to... Um, I don't know, start researching with somebody. Do you need to pull your transcripts? Like, what do you need to do to accomplish that larger task? Start small and um, think about rewarding yourself. I'm big on this because I feel like the world is a negative place. I like to do nice things for myself and for other people. So when I create smaller goals, like handing my paper in on time or um, losing, I don't know, like I had a goal to get into 
size eight pants. And I did that thing, honey. So after I did that thing, yes, I did treat myself. So it was a manicure, pedicure package. And I had like the little spa treatment because it's something I don't normally do. I just get a regular manicure and pedicure. So I said, you know what? Feeling those size eight pants. Let me one up this manicure and pedicure to treat myself. Do something like that. Link up with the friends. Um, you know, some of y'all treat yourselves with food. I'm not judging you if you treat yourself with wings or pizza or whatever. You know, do your thing. Whatever you need to do, reward the hard work, okay? Treat yourself. You deserve it because accomplishing your goals, getting out of your way is not easy, but it's necessary. So I hope that this podcast has been helpful. I hope that it has blessed you. Um, if it has, please do me a huge favor and share it on your page, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever. But just know, like we all struggle with fear, self-doubt, or a lack of faith. It is what it is. I think every human being at some point has struggled with that. But I leave you with this. It's my favorite quote from the book, Alice in Wonderland. The beginning is just the beginning. So begin at the beginning. Love you guys. Be blessed.